0: Hmm. Recorded live. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday night at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's also heard on Podomatic. Uh, Camp Constitution Radio. Just go to Podomatic and you'd be able to get not every single show, but a lot of the shows we do, and you can download it for free. We also have some classic interviews, uh, Gary Allen, Alan Stang, and speeches and so forth from uh, from the 70s and 80s, some timeless, even the 60s, timeless information, especially for, for those who are pretty new to the freedom movement, there's a lot of great stuff out there, and it's really important to be well-rounded in your understanding of the problem. So um, this show was brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp. Uh, next year's camp will be in the Berkshires of Massachusetts, western Massachusetts, in the city of Pittsfield. It's a beautiful camp. It's in a you know rural setting. It's in a city, but we have, we're on a beautiful lake and there's uh, plenty of trees and vegetation around there. And the camp will run from August 5th to the 11th, uh, Sunday to Saturday. And we've got a quite a lineup of instructors. Now we have some of our camp regulars like Reverend Stevie Craft, and uh, which is nothing regular about him, by the way, Earl Wallace. But we also have coming to camp uh, Professor Willie Soon. He's returning, and we have um, Christopher Monckton, Lord Christopher Monckton, Dr. Duke Pesta of the University of Wisconsin-Oshkosh, who is uh, one of the top experts on Common Core and many other things. In fact, Duke has a sh- uh, a show it's uh, freedom project media FPE, freedom project education media and i was a guest on there a couple of weeks ago and if everything goes smoothly i'll be on be on there uh, today monday well actually i record this program usually a day or two ahead of time and i um so that will uh that will be you know in the morning so uh, you'll be hearing this you can go to f p e uh, or go to my uh, Camp Constitution's Facebook, uh, and you'll see the a, a, a video posted there. And the reason why um, I wanted to bring up today—today today is Sunday, the November 5th. This is the known as Guy Fawkes Day, the uh, the bombing and uh, the—I uh, should say—the gunpowder plot, the uh, the foiled attempt to overthrow the Protestant regime there in England. Uh, but also, it was a terrible tragedy today, and we're not getting a lot of information. At 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and there was a church in Sutherland, Texas. I guess it's near San Antonio. It was a small Baptist church, small meeting, 50 or so people participate or attend on a regular basis, and we got, I heard earlier today, this, early this afternoon when I returned from church, that there were... Uh, about 27 people dead, I expect a few more, uh, that the gunmen fled. And I'm just hearing now that he was killed. I don't say who killed him, if he was killed or committed suicide or killed by deputies, or sheriff or what have you. And uh, we don't know much about at this point So by the time this will air. But you know every time there's a shooting like this, the first thing is, of course, uh, a clarion call for more gun control. In fact um, it was interesting it was last year one of my pastor and a member of the church approached me about becoming the church armed and I think this is something that uh churches will have to do. they'll probably have to have you more than one person you have to have a person or two outside of the church and a couple inside at the entranceways and so forth um this is just a uh, you know sign of the times and unfortunately, this is what um uh, we're going to have to do there was a um was about a month ago there was a a somali national he was a somali moved to the united states um, and he he became bitter towards the christians and he went into a church and it was in tennessee you didn't hear much about it he only managed to kill one person thankfully uh, uh instead of many more it was a tragedy for one person who died he wounded some but there was an usher who took action and uh took him took him in, took him out got, got him on a commission so he couldn't do any more damage. And of course you didn't hear about it on in the mainstream media because of being a Muslim, you don't want to put any negative um uh, any negative press for the Muslims. Well I'm expected uh, to have Tom Moore, my co host, call in pretty soon um but to talk about something. You want to talk about the um the Clinton uh, uranium scandal was well, kind of interesting too when Hillary Clinton uh, was Attorney General, she was involved in a uranium deal for a company in Russia that got a big chunk, a big chunk of the uranium, uh, 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 the uranium um, like twenty percent of our uranium, and then a nice donation was made to the Clinton Foundation, and that story appeared in the New York Times. It didn't appear in the um, you know some obscure. Uh, Unreliable source of information it was in the New York Times, which of course must be true, and all the news that fits right so even in the far left journals and i 'm saying a ton of cheap legitimate newspapers like the New York Times, but they even reported that story. It was quite fascinating too I'm going to be talking about this with Duke Pesta uh, It was about two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, there was a man arrested at the capitol the u s Capitol, for throwing uh, little paper flags or plastic flag, Russian flags in Trump's direction and shouting Trump Trump is treason, Trump is treason, and things of that nature. It's very interesting when people on the far left start using the term treason. You see, treason is a term that you use it's in the Constitution, it's aiding and abetting our nation's enemies. And uh, there are people who are guilty of treason, there's no question about it. I'm uh, certain I certainly don't believe Trump is one of them. But when you when you use the term treason, you are actually advocating nationalism or a sense of country, a country that you can. Hey Hey, Tom, Tom. I just calling it. Well, anyway, Tom, I was talking about uh, the the man who was arrested at the state at the Capitol uh, in D in DC, and he used the term treason. uh, And treason, uh, when you use that term, you are acknowledging this uh, sense of nationhood. And then you could be called a nationalist if you believe in that. But I just want to mention really quick before we get into our conversation that he was uh, uh, none other than Ryan Clayton. Ryan Clayton was the former executive director of the left wing organization called Wolfpack, uh, founded by Cenk Uger, uh, Armenian Holocaust denier, to uh, get an Article 5 convention. And I. Actually bumped into him on a few occasions in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. I think you were with me, Tom. You probably remember the guy. He threatened to sue me uh, two years ago over uh, something uh, that I had nothing to do with. Uh, so no lawsuit so far. And I just kind of interesting when we were you you wanted to discuss, among other things, the uh, the Russian issue, the Russian uh, whether well, or uh, not Trump was uh, in Putin were collaborating to steal the election. And I I think it's important to point out for those people who are kind of new to the uh, movement or just maybe forgot or maybe read a book back in 72 and forgot what it said. But um, there has been the United States or elements within the United States have aided and abetted the Soviet Union from the Bolshevik Revolution, which, of course, is the 100th anniversary, uh, up until recently. And uh, one of the best researchers on that subject is Anthony Sutton. And I know your library is, I think, uh, full of Anthony Sutton's books. He was a researcher. Yes, I have
1: uh, right in front of me, I have Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution, Revolution. which is uh, one of his trilogy, uh, which includes Wall Street and the rise of Hitler and Wall Street and FDR.
0: Yeah. So we have, interesting,
1: at that time you have... (laughs) All these three factions in the world in that early 20th century, appearing outwardly to compete against one another, but then controlled by the very same bankers from within.
0: That it's fascinating too how General Electric, for example, uh, you know helped uh, bankroll Nazi Germany to some extent. I say bankroll, but to some extent, I. G. Farben. Uh, if you read that book, uh, Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler, you'd a lot about I. G. Farben and the various chemical companies that in the United States. Bayer Aspirin, by the way, is one of them. And their goal, they, they basically said to the Germans, look, you can deal with, your know, they had a process to turn coal into oil, hydrogenation, I think it's called. And they didn't want to mess with the rest of the world, so, uh, United States. And they said, look, you could keep that, we won't mess with that, and, you know, you do this, your thing, and we'll do our thing. And so they worked together to form this uh, cartel, IG Farben. And I believe Nuremberg was the headquarters of the German branch of ITT, and it was in the 1960s, and Ed Griffin pointed this out, that IT, International Telegraph and te- ITT actually sued the U.S. government for damages uh, and won their case. And uh, of course the ITT, the building, was uh, left intact uh, pretty much. And Nuremberg was bombed, but they said, oh, you know, we have to keep this building intact. So uh, I recommend any any of those books, and they're available on Amazon, Wall Street, The Rise of Hitler. There's another one that he published in the 80s. It was called The Best Enemy Money Can Buy. Wow. And he quoted, this was during the Reagan administration, the man who was secretary of the Navy, whose name I just can't recall at the top of my head. He was speaking to the graduating class at Annapolis, and he said, gentlemen, uh, in, a, you know, in a short time, you will be on your ships. And when you look over the horizon, you'll be looking at some of the best uh, ships that technolo- American technology can build. Unfortunately, they will be on Russian ships, and people don't seem to understand. They don't. Most people don't know this. Um, I remember I was visiting the uh, 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 aviation museum in Connecticut. This would have been about ten years ago, with my daughter, one of my daughters, and I picked up a newsletter from um, Allied. Uh, oh. United Technologies, which includes um, Sikorsky Helicopter. And by the way, the founder, Igor Sikorsky, was a white Russian and a U.S. patriot and a Christian. His son, I guess something happened along the way. His son didn't share the same views. And there was a little article the son wrote bragging about how he and his fellow internationalists were in Eastern Europe during the height of the Cold War in the 60s selling technology to the communists and i when i saw that i wrote a letter to him i still have a copy of the letter and i asked him how many americans were killed in vietnam uh, with technology that you sold the uh, the communists for some strange reason he did return my call but tom you wanted to go into a little more detail about the um, uh, what was it the um, the Uranium, Uranium One scandal. Uh, well, issue. yeah, so, we
1: started with treason, and it's interesting for um, the past year that uh, we've had Donald Trump elected now. It was a year ago this week. Um, you know, uh, the Democrats maintained that the Russians hijacked our election, and he has some uh, sweet deal with the Russians. And uh, he's actually some are even saying he's a Russian agent. Now it's interesting that the Democrats really they overplayed their hand. They thought they had that election in the bag. Of course, right. the pollsters they maybe had the pollsters in the bag, and it now seems that some of the pollsters were putting out those polls uh, showing Hillary in the lead, uh, you know, just to, to 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 turn a lot of Republican voters away and say, well, it's already in the bag. And but maybe Keep that happened home. the other way around. But it's interesting that before the election. We never heard any accusations, did we, that Trump was in bed with the no, Russians?
0: No, we didn't Not hear about. any accusations. That only happens
1: after, and they, I think the reason that Trump sort of lets that go on and does is that there's nothing to it. He's 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 probably saying to himself, "Well, they're going to attack me on something. They might as well attack me on something that they have no proof and, and, and is totally bogus." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Interesting too that until he threw his hat in the ring, and probably not until he looked like he was a viable candidate. I think there was like a field of 16 uh, Republicans all looking to become the next president. And as the field narrowed, he ended up winning New Hampshire in a big margin, and he started winning state after state. Then all of a sudden, Trump is this evil racist that probably held Klan rallies in midtown Manhattan, you know, and has nothing but a racist background. You know, Tom. Yeah. I was watching. I was watching an old, uh, an old uh, YouTube. Uh, uh, some boxing matches, and there was uh, there was Donald Trump in the ring. Uh, uh, he was involved in the promotion of the. It would think it was one of his hotels. He's congratulating the boxer. You know, shaking their hands. Uh, it, black people all around him. Nobody's calling him a racist. But all of a sudden, he runs for office and he becomes a viable candidate. And he's some kind of uh, evil horrible racist that that's all he lives to do is to exploit black people
1: but it's funny it's it's interesting The, the, the democrats lost on that account too so the democrats believe that they that they own the black vote and to some extent uh that has been true but in this past election what trump did was he went into uh those those rust belt swing states like pennsylvania and michigan and ohio wisconsin and said Look, uh, so are 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 more of you employed or unemployed after um, eight years of Obama? What have you got right. to lose? I'm not going to sell your sell your jobs uh, down 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 the drain with TPP and other bad trade deals. I'm going to fight for your jobs, and just enough of the black vote switched over and voted for Trump. You know, the working blacks said, "Okay," and they were threatened so many ways. Obama was just telling them. You know, you couldn't be – you were an Uncle Tom if you voted for, for Trump, but they went ahead and voted for Trump, and they gave him that edge in those crucial states. So, so that backfired, too. They can say what they want to say. They can play their games, but Americans of all, of all colors are waking up to the importance of having a national economy and not this globalist thing.
0: You know, it's interesting, Tom. If you did a YouTube search for black conservatives supporting Trump, you'll find quite a few. And it's a wide range of people, young blacks, middle age, you know, inner city, uh, you know, college graduate types of, you know, engineer backgrounds. uh, And there's these these two lovely black ladies that go by uh, Diamond and Silk, I think. And, uh, you know, they're kind of humorous. They do a lot. They're always out there, uh, you know, with videos. And there's just so many people out there, black people out there. I don't think you're going to find too many black people who are big McCain support. They may have, you know, some may have voted for McCain, but to be uh, back in 1912 or Romney, was it twelve or almost? Was it? Yeah, well, or,
1: McC- McCain himself is a vicious traitor, selling out America left and right whenever he can. Romney is probably less so. Romney is more the milk toast country club yes. type, but none of them really said we're going to fight for American jobs and have a national economy again the way Trump did.
0: That's right. So I, I, And I think you're right. I think that, unfortunately, many blacks will vote Republican Democrat because they think they're supposed to. It was interesting. Um, you read people like Walter Williams. And Walter Williams, I read an article. It was an older article. But he said something to the effect that uh, the black family – was I mean, it survived slavery, it survived the Civil War, it survived Reconstruction, it survived Jim Crow, it survived the Ku Klux Klan and the lynching and all that, and it survived not because of government, but in spite of it. In fact, the, 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 most of them were Republicans. You wouldn't find too many Democrat blacks, but it was the New Deal, I call it the New Steel, that started promising stuff. And you know there were a lot of black homeowners. There was uh, many black married couples that owned their own home. There was, uh, t- and today the numbers have just the opposite. Where eighty to eighty-five percent of uh, young blacks were raised in the two-family household, male and female, hu- husband, a father, mother. That's turned around, and it's because of the welfare policies that uh, the Democrats, not, not and, and the Republicans too have promoted and they somehow think that, you know, this is how we're going to support the black community by giving you stuff. And it's right. been a total disaster. And, I and think that gets m- back
1: into um, our original uh, topic of, um, you know, socialism and, um, you know, the democratic ties to, to Soviet Russia. So um, unlike uh, uh, Trump, Hillary really does have uh, some, some treasonous ties to Russia, and that is her uh, uranium pay-to-play deal. Where uh, the Russians appear to have been given, um, you know, some 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 very valuable, um, you know, nuclear fissionable uranium rights in the United States, and that was negotiated by Hillary. And then you just go back through time um, a, a hundred years ago. So you have uh, then Soviet Russia. Okay, it's a different kind of Russia, but Russia nonetheless, and the ties to as we said, the Democratic Party, to Wilson, um, That's right. to, to, to Mendel House, who is kind of like a British agent and uh, Rothschild's agent. and you have Jacob Schiff and this whole Federal Reserve crowd giving money. And then you have the Warburg brothers. Uh, one came to uh, America from Germany, and uh, oh, that, yeah. that was Paul Warburg, started the Federal Reserve and the Council on Foreign Relations. He was the first chairman of that. His brother Max stayed in Germany at the time and arranged for Lenin's secret train uh, to Russia in this year a uh, hundred years ago. So then Lenin comes into Russia and they have this provisional government in Russia. And um, and then this week a hundred years ago, uh, Kerensky. It wasn't really. I, I mean, Kerensky was just kind of like the setup guy. That's for, right. Or and he was in. He was in on the deal and. Here, here's why. Uh, Ralph Epperson said this, that Kerensky freed thousands of Bolshevik revolutionaries, this provisional guy in the middle between the Tsar and Lenin. He was funded by the Federal Reserve crowd. He was the only member of the provisional government who wasn't shot after the coup. And then he was refused burial rights when he died. He actually came over and worked, I think, for Stanford University, this guy Kerensky. You know, so they set him up with a posh job here in America, but then when he died, you know, they didn't give him burial rights. The um you know, the the, the Russians, the true Russians, they 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 said this guy was was a traitor to Russia.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. They
1: wouldn't give him burial rights even neither the Russian nor the Serbian Orthodox churches. So they understood his treason and he was involved with this whole Fed crowd. You had this Red Cross uh group go into that was there a hundred years ago as we speak and and making this transition into Bolshevism, and then before that was done, you know, Stalin killed twenty million uh, Russians. So that's those are the ties of the Democratic Party, and some ties which which apparently remain today in selling the the, the uranium. You know,
0: it's amazing. Uh, yeah, that yeah you mentioned um, the Red Cross mission. Uh, it wasn't so much the Red Cross as the pe- person in charge of it. His name will come to huh.
1: I say it was a front. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, his name will come to me. He was Teddy Roosevelt's campaign manager for the election of 1912, um, and he was. There was a book called British Agent. It was written by a man who had been uh, a diplomat in Russia during the Bolshevik Revolution, and he witnessed this American uh, that came over here to basically. And he was on the phone. He had been. He had been offended by uh, one of the Bolsheviks. And he's on the phone to Lenin, and he's basically telling Lenin what to do. I mean, nobody talked to Lenin that way. And it was, I think, it was Trotsky's nephew that was giving him a hard time. And he called to complain, and when he did so, uh, Lenin was—he sent him to burn Switzerland. And he gets, gets off the phone, and he said, "Well, I wanted to burn in hell, but I'll settle for burn Switzerland."
1: <laughs> and, uh, and and
0: in fact Ed Ed Griffin mentions mentions this man and I'm just having a mental block, I can't think of his name, in the book, Creature from Jekyll Island. And I was just happening to be going through an old bookstore, an old antique shop, and I saw the book British Agent. And I said, Oh my goodness. And it was there, you know, it tells the whole story. And the man, um the man was also Teddy Roosevelt's campaign manager at the election of 19, 1912. and that was the first what this was the third the Bull Moose Party. Right. And no question that Roosevelt he still had a lot of support, and as a result of that uh, of that three way race, uh, Woodrow Wilson got in because uh, he did get some electoral yeah. votes. I, I well, sure. I know about
1: Wilson. Uh, that, that, actually, the, the 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 chairman of the Democratic Party was Charles Crane of Westinghouse. So, and that's a very interesting story too. So on the Democratic side, uh, it seems what you're saying, Hal is maybe they they control both parties by that time because on the Democratic that's right. side. There is Charles Crane leaving New York on a ship called the Christina. And um, who is on the ship but Trotsky
0: and right. uh, several
1: hundred paid revolutionaries? So it's during World War I, and the Christina stops up in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and the Canadians want to arrest these guys. They say, wait a second, you know, Russia's our ally. We need Russia to fight on the other side of Germany to win this war, as we did in World War II. You take out Russia, it's going to be hard to win this war. Let's ar- And these guys are going to weaken Russia, you know, with their revolution. So we got to arrest them. Well, this Charles Crane stepped up and said, no, 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 you don't, and it will be a big international incident. He pulled some strings, but he got Trotsky over there to join Lenin. And, and as I said earlier, Lenin got through with this, the help of uh, Max Warburg, And Max Warburg eventually moved to the United States, too, and things didn't work out in Germany. And now he has a square. There's a Max Warburg square. We drove by it the other day in Jamaica Plain. So these guys are just rewarded with statues and squares while everybody else, you know, (laughs) tens of a million uh, people die in Russia. And and not to mention the Americans that died in that awful war.
0: That's amazing. Yep.
1: And then after the war was over, of course, that's our other anniversary uh, this week. Um, is uh, is it was Armistice Day, and it's interesting that the Illuminati—they're fascinated by numerology. I just know a little mm-hmm. bit of it, but they like the number eleven. That's their number of mastery of, and control, and the number nine—I forget what. But so uh, they ended the war in a boxcar out in the woods um, on eleven eleven at eleven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you can't make this stuff up, Al. So there's all of those 11s, and so that's when we uh, celebrate Armistice Day or Veterans Day. And um, I do, I, I do. Uh, of course, I support Veterans Day. I support our veterans, but it's an interesting story as, as to how that came to be.
0: That's right, that's
1: that's right. And after and the war, it's funny, said, I have a peace dollar. After the war was over, people couldn't figure out why the war was fought in the first place. And then you have these uh, silver dollars, and that was I think the only US currency where they printed peace, you know, and God we trust and peace. They were so happy, uh-huh. but uh, of course, the, thank God they didn't go along with Wilson's peace, which was the peace of the League of Nations.
0: That's right. In fact, there is then some historians that have said that the Versailles was nothing more than a 20-year treat, uh, truce and that the major purpose of both World War 1 and World War 2 was for the creation of the United A, a United Nations, an organization, a That's world right. government entity, and, and that then, was uh, you know
1: we we posted this on our website uh, campconstitution.net dot net. I wrote um, on Constitution Day. I wrote about how Donald Trump went to the UN and asserted U S sovereignty and asserted the Constitution. Not once, but two or three or four times at the UN. I could not believe my ears. Hell, I mean the only thing better. Which he which should do is to say, we're out of here. <laughs> right. Well, thankfully,
0: he did. He pulled us out of UNESCO. Yeah. Now, that happened. I think Reagan did the same thing. And Reagan was not. Reagan tricked a lot, fooled a lot of people. He was really an internationalist. But he, he you know, passed himself off as an American uh, patriot. But uh, we got back in under, I believe it was uh, Young Bush. Uh, because you see, if you don't pay the dues, you're out right and so he funded them and unesco was just united nations education uh, scientific cultural organization it was so virulently anti-american but the whole entity but um but we so we should get out we should get out of the un altogether but at least this is a step in the right direction because there's one thing you wouldn't have seen a um any of the a, a jeb bush or a definitely hillary they definitely would not have pulled out of unesco they just love internationalism in fact the, the when you, look, when you boil things down, Tom, you can say that there's two major groups in the United States, globalist, internationalist versus limited government types. Or, uh, and, because the word nationalist has an ugly connotation, but you could say that patriotism, patriots, those are the two groups, uh, major groups. And the internationalists, they always put the interest of other nations first and foremost, always. Right. Immigration policy. Foreign aid treaties—they always get the best of the deal, and it's right. been happening, Tom, for over a hundred years. You can just see all of the trade agreements, all of the, uh, the when when a war ends, who pays for it? Who does a lot of the dying? Uh, yeah. you know, World War Two ended. What happened? Russia got Eastern Europe. That was agreed to at Yalta, and yeah. we, we gave Western Europe billions of dollars and said, "You better have a you better have a European Union." And that was that it was all about. And and uh, Vietnam, you know, something that war that we could have won in no time. We 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 there, we were a long stalemate. Now you know, now we get more wars, and you know, we're in Iraq and Afghanistan and over and here now and over there. And let's not forget
1: that the Korea was left as a stalemate too. And look at the hangover and,
0: from and, that. And we're still dealing with the problem. That's right. It was a it was a truce. Uh, I think it was General Mark Clark who presided over the the truce, and he said. Something to the fact that this is the I have the dubious distinction of being the first American to sign a stalemate, and we're still over there, and North Korea is still a problem. It's never been solved. So it's interesting. The uh, Chinese
1: general that was involved with um, attacking over the Yalu, he said, uh, he said, I would not have gone up against Douglas MacArthur, but I had every assurance from Washington that they had MacArthur on a leash, so I could go ahead and attack. That's right. That he, I would not have risked my, my military reputation against Douglas MacArthur, but they had him on a leash, so that's when I went ahead.
0: Well, Tom, <laughs> we, got a, we, we have a minute left, so let me just mention I am going to Tuesday, I was invited to be on the show with David Knight on InfoWars Tuesday morning at 11:15 and Don't forget uh, so to visit
1: uh, campconstitution.net and, and our extremely low price Will I'm going to have a, I'm going
0: to. I'm going to have the sign. I'm going to have some props behind me. Uh, you know, believe me, I'm going to mention that the sign will be right behind me with the contact information. And we're getting a website a uh, little updated over the next couple of days, so people can apply for camp if they want. They can go to our camp bookstore, get some of our material. Of course, we have an Amazon an Amazon account, so a lot of the things we publish, you can go to Amazon and get them. But I'd rather have them go through our our website because we don't have to give Amazon 20% commission. Um, So uh, keep us in your prayers, and I'll be out in Michigan later on this uh, month doing some presentations to homeschool groups. So check us out on Facebook and check our website. And, Tom, thank you so much for being on, and thank you for listening. And uh, until next week, God bless.
1: Happy Veterans Day to you, Hal.